Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. And so I want to talk tonight about something that I felt like God put on my heart, actually before I even knew that I was be asked to speak. Um, so that's when you know it's God. And it's something that I feel like just steals our joy. And that is uh, compromise. Compromise. So I just want to give you a heads up right now that there might be some things in this word that trigger you tonight. And you might feel like I'm coming at you. I am not. I'm not coming at you. I want to encourage you that I have done all these things, that I get you. Uh, but I just want to say this out at the beginning because I want, us to, I want you to really be open. Allow God to reveal what it is that he wants you to see that maybe areas that you have compromised and that the enemy has come in and stolen some of your joy and taken some things. And I'm believing that we're going to restore some things tonight, some ways that God wants to restore uh, in you tonight. So does that sound good? You guys up for that? Come on. Yes, I'll, I would like some feedback, so I love that. Thank you. All the way, if I can get feedback, like, all the way to the back, I will, f- thank you, yes! Thank you, that made my night. Okay, anyways, um, okay, all right. All right, I'm gonna pray. God, I thank you so much, God, for your heart for each person here, God, that you brought each person here tonight for a reason, God, to unlock something Uh, just to free us, God, to bring us to a next level of fullness and joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, well, I wanted to, John Day is kind of a hero of mine. He's always sounds so smart up here, like with his definitions and all those things. He's not here tonight, but um, (laughs) I wanted to try to be like him. So I looked up what the word compromise means in the dictionary. I don't have it in Greek, So, sorry, but um, the first, okay, what does compromise mean? Um, The first one is settle a dispute by mutual concession. I feel like that's kind of a lot of times what we might think compromise is like a win-win, you know, it's like you give a little, someone else gets, and like, we're going to walk away winning, right? Okay, but wait for the second definition. Uh, It means to accept standards that are lower than is desirable, and I feel like that is that really hit me when I read that. I was like, that is what I'm meant to camp on tonight. What have you allowed? What have we accepted in our life that is less than desirable? Not even that's like not what God wants, but what's, it's not even what we want. We've just allowed it in. We've kind of camped with it and settled with it. And now we're living with it. And God wants you to know tonight that you don't have to. He wants us to to get some of that stuff out. Because compromise, the world would like to tell us that it's more of what that first definition says, that you give a little, they give a little, and it's a win-win. But I'm here to tell you that God will say that's a lose-lose. It's a lose-lose when you compromise. So we're going to look at um, a little bit deeper into, because I feel like we all might think, 
yeah, I don't want to compromise. I want to live for God. I want to live my full life. But then we find ourselves doing it anyways, right? So again, I'm with you. I've been there. I'm going to tell you a story in a minute about my life. But let's dive down into who causes all this compromise. The king of compromise, Satan himself. He is the one that is causing all this to happen. And honestly, ever since I saw Hero, I just think of Christian Waples and his crazy um, Satan. Anyways, if you haven't seen it, you don't know yet, but you will know. And it just, okay, no. Um, Thanks, Scott. Okay, we're going to, Holy Spirit, come back. Okay, we're going to go to Genesis to just see when he started all of this compromise in the beginning. Genesis 3, verse 1. When it all started, when it all just went downhill, right? Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may, we may eat the fruit of any tree of the garden, but the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you are not, you will not surely die for the God knows that in the day you eat of, sorry, just getting a little ahead of myself. Um, in your eyes, you will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. So I just want to stop here. So she, it all compromise starts with a lie every time. Compromise starts with a lie. So there was a lie that that Satan said. He said, you will not die. And from that moment, something shifted in her eyes. She suddenly, I mean, she's been around this tree before, but all of a sudden it looks good. Because she allowed the lie to come in her mind and in her heart and something shifted in her. And so I want us to see that because um, I'm actually going to stop reading the verse because that's really the point there is that she, and then she ate it. So it was, she saw it, she smelled the fruit, then she ate it, and she just allowed that compromise to happen. But compromise always starts with a lie. A lie that we believe in our heart. A twisting of truth. Because Satan takes something that is true because he's sneaky and he wants you to believe it. He's not just going to say a blatant lie that you'll obviously catch. He wants it to be something that might be seemingly true, that you could easily allow it to be true. And then all of a sudden you're believing it. You're, you have these filters on. You're seeing everything through these, these beliefs. And it's like, oh, yeah, of course. That makes sense. Let's do it. Like, and you can just see how it's so easy and I was talking to Vince about this, and he had, he's like, yeah, it's like this picture. And I'm going to talk about some ways that he gets us in, but he's like baiting us in. So it's just this picture of him like holding something out, like a little something, and, but something that looks attractive. And so you're, you're like, okay, oh, but that's, you know, it's not that big of a deal. So I'll just take that. But it's just getting you to go that way. So yeah, it always starts with a lie. So, and it, usually you have good intentions. So I think this is really important for us to get this because we, we go into life, like especially so you, meet, you get to know Jesus, you become a Christian, 
Um, if you don't know Jesus, we will have an opportunity for that later. But you, you have these intentions to live for God. And I was that way. I became a Christian when I was in high school. Um, I had grown up Catholic my whole life. Then when I was 15, I met Jesus. And I was so excited to just have the weight of religion. It was just like I felt like I could breathe. And everything that I had been, had been putting in my head because I went to Catholic school, school, like I was all up in it, like twice a week in Catholicness. And anyways, I went through Catholic high school after I became a Christian. And it was a great school, actually. I had a lot of good friends there. Uh, But I kind of had two lives. I had my church life and I had my school life. And I wish I would have been more like you with your holy huddle, Pastor Matt, because that's awesome. Uh, but I tried. I tried. I, had a, I have some stories about the one. This is the one thing I'll say. The one guy that I met in my school that was like supposedly a Christian, um, we were going to do a Bible study together. We had all these plans. He literally had a drug overdose at school. Yeah, I know. It's pretty heavy. <laughs> he lived. So he's good. He made it. But... I remember that moment. I'm not trying to make light of this, but it's like, it just felt so extreme. I was like, I can't even find a Christian at my school. Like he's on drugs. And so I kind of just gave up. I compromised. I just said, you know what? Like they don't get it. I invited him to youth group. They would come and then they would like kind of make fun of me. Oh, um, thanks, honey. Vince is telling me I should tell you my title of my message. So I'm going to do that. Uh, <laughs> You're so great. You're such a good appetizer. Okay. So the title of my message is The Compromise Trap. The Compromise Trap. Awesome. Okay. Yay, I like that. All right. So back to my story. Basically, I just kind of went, made it through high school. I felt like I had really succeeded because I didn't get into partying. My high school was like massive partiers and I found like the goody two-shoe kids. Anyways, I made it through and I was going to Christian college. I was so excited to finally just have one life, not two lives, but be in one life. And thinking back, I really started it with such good intentions. I just had such a heart for God. I wanted to make all these new friends And I just think back, it was just one decision after the next that really started prioritizing myself over God. And I wanted to, you know, make friends. I wanted to, and then there was the football players, you know, and they would just walk by my window and then I became friends with them. And, and it was just like this slow fade that I look back and I remember finding a journal and in the beginning of college, it was like most of the journal was all about God. And then it flipped and it was just like, wow. But I started with such good intentions. And then fast forward to my junior year of college So I'm 21 and I was so depressed. I had so much anxiety and I remember just being paralyzed. I was like in my apartment and I couldn't move. Like my friends were like trying to invite me to do stuff and I had lost a lot of friends because I just got so isolated and so much anxiety. And it was horrible. I was like, this is not me. It was like looking in the mirror. I didn't even recognize myself. And that is what compromise will do. And I couldn't have known that it was like, I don't, I didn't realize at the time, oh my gosh, I've compromised to get myself here. No, I was just like, this is my life. 
this is my life. And I just remember being so bummed because I felt like I messed everything up. So my encouragement to us tonight as I go into some of the reasons why we compromise is that God is a God of redemption. The Bible is full of redemption stories. And God has freed me from anxiety, from depression, from all the things that the enemy tried to put on me. So, uh, but I wanted to share that story because it can happen so easily. And so as you're thinking about this in your life, what areas of your compromise, I want you to be really honest with yourself. Okay, so the first reason why we compromise is fear. Fear of rejection, fear of loss, fear of losing what we already have. We just want to hold on to what's comfortable. Um, Fear of looking bad, fear of looking mean. We just want to kind of stay safe, right? We want to just, it it can be paralyzing. Like my story of how I got paralyzed and I wasn't even doing the things that I loved because I was just like so much anxiety. Um, The fear of people not liking me was a big one for me. I'm just going to say that again because I feel like it applies to a lot of us. It can sneak in and it can cause us to not speak up. It can cause us to uh, not take the risks that God's calling us to take. It can cause us to compromise on things like uh, biblical issues in politics, in schools, and because we don't want to offend somebody. And that's honestly where this, mis- this message was birthed because I started to look around. I didn't say this earlier, but I started to look around at our nation and at our city and our what has happened. And the answer was so clear from God was compromise. What has happened is compromise after compromise after compromise. So why? So fear is one. And the lie, God gave me lies that go with each of these because it's, like I said, it, it all starts with a lie. So the lie behind the fear is that God is not big enough or interested in you. Do you see how that ties in with fear? Because the fear, God's not going to do it for you because he's not really interested in you. And that's a lie. He is interested in you. He is going to show up for you. And so what do you have to be afraid of? All right, number two. This This one's a sneaky one too. Comfort. We just get a little bit comfortable. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to maybe mess up a good thing. We don't want somebody, again, to not like us. Or maybe we just want to go, you know, boating. Or we want to go do, I just say that because I love boating. So anyone with a boat, let's go boating. Um, God wants us to have fun. But when all of our life is about just having fun, that's another way the enemy just brings us little treats of things to get us in, right? And so we start compromising where God needs us to rise. We start compromising where God needs us to hold the line because we don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want someone to call us racist, okay? We're not. We just want to stand up for truth, okay? <laughs> we, I've been called racist, so I'm just like, okay, <laughs> a whole nother story there. I'm not. I love everyone. Okay. Anyways. Um, so the lie here is that God's way is not the best way. We think that our way is better. It's easier. It's more comfortable. It's fine. Right? 
The next one, so if God doesn't get you there, if you are someone that's not afraid and you're just going for it, you don't want to be comfortable, you're just like, let's go. Where does the enemy get you? Weariness. You get tired. You get tired if you're constantly fighting, if you're always going for it, you're fighting, you're fighting. And then all of a sudden you're like, I am so tired. Right? You get tired. And then you're, you're sometimes this one's the biggest one because you literally just throw your hands up and you're like, no, I've done my part. <laughs> okay. Trust me, I've been there. I get it. You're just like, I'm just, I can't. <laughs> I've done my part. I have, you get tired. And the lie there is that you're the one fighting it. Wow. It's not you. It's not you. If you can really grab onto that one and just release it anytime you start feeling weary, just give it to God. Give yourself a day of resting. Do something that you love and allow God to fuel you up. But don't take more than a day because that's how the enemy will just bring you over here to being comfortable. He just keeps doing these different things to get you out of the way. <clears throat> All right, so this next one might offend you and I apologize, but it is from Jesus, so I don't know. Okay, so the fourth reason we compromise is kindness. What did she say? Aren't Christians supposed to be kind and nice? I'm not sure where that's in here. No, I'm serious. I, it's not in here. It's really not in there. We, if you're not clapping, let me explain. Okay. So the lie here is that truth is at war with being loving. And the truth is that truth is love in the person of Jesus. But Jesus did not compromise, not once in the Bible. And sometimes it meant that he wasn't very kind to some people that were hurting his people. Because the thing is, is that when we believe that we just have to be nice and kind, we actually aren't loving people the way they need to be loved. We're not, we're not able to. And we get sucked into this lie. And I just see it with so many people that I actually love and they have such good hearts. That's why it's the trick of the enemy because he sees their good hearts and he knows he can get them, take them out with their compassion that God actually gave us compassion, okay? But we have to remember that we can't just uh, love them and, and be kind and nice and not help them get out of it, get out of their dysfunction and then stand up for what is true. So I want us to know that if maybe there was something that just really stuck out to you that you're like, that is me. And I really felt like God brought me this morning to Deuteronomy to this verse that might seem random, but it just really spoke to me. I didn't even give it to them, but it's okay. Um, but I feel like God wants you to know that his hand is on this. His hand is on drawing a line in the sand saying, you know what? I've compromised in my life. I've made some mistakes, but no more, no more. Today, as for me and my house, this is not from Deuteronomy. This is Joshua, but he said, as for, as for me today in my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose this day who you will serve. It's not complicated, but it is a heart issue. It's not complicated, but it is intentional. 
So I wanna ask you tonight, who are you serving? Who are you serving in every area of your life? Who are you serving in every decision of your life? And if you're feeling like, oh, wow, that's a lot. How am I supposed to do that? Let's look at what he says in Deuteronomy because Deuteronomy is pretty intense. There's this few verses that it's like, if you follow me, your life's gonna be amazing. But if you don't, curse on you, curse on your dog, curse on everything that you have. Okay, that's in there. Um, anyways, but Deuteronomy 30, 11, um, I'm gonna read the ESV version because I like it. So it says, for this commandment that I command you today is, is not too hard for you. I just thought that was encouraging. It is not too hard for you, nor that far off. And then on, it goes on to say in verse 15, see, I have set before you today, life and good, death and evil. See, it's very clear. If you go throughout the Bible, there are so many examples of people that compromised and then those that didn't. And every single time those that didn't compromise, their lives prosper and they have legacy. And every single time those that compromised get taken out, get taken out by God or by themselves and it does not end well for them. And I don't know about you, but I want a life that goes on beyond myself. I wanna leave a legacy for my girls. I want a, a full life of joy and prosperity and not just financially, but relationally and in every area. But when we compromise, it puts a ceiling on our life. And God is standing over here going, I wanna bless you. I wanna do this for you. I wanna do that for you. And I'm just asking you to align your heart back with me and I will do it. Because he knows that if he does it before you're aligned with him, it will take you out as well. He needs, it's a heart issue. So it's not about perfection. It is not, God doesn't need you to be perfect. He just needs your heart. He just wants your heart. So as we're wrapping this up, I wanted to say a few more things on this. So um, going back to Jesus, I think this is kind of also where Christians have been taken out and a lot of churches in this season. Grace does not equal compromise. Grace does not equal compromise. So you might be thinking, well, Deuteronomy, that's Old Testament, but we have Jesus, so there's grace. Yes, we have grace, but it still does not equal compromise. So I just want you to take a minute and think about maybe an area that you've compromised. And then I wanna, let's look at the example of Jesus because he even had to deal with, he was just, he was God, but he was also man and he had to deal with things. And Satan, we're not gonna read it for the sake of time, but Satan came to him, right? And tried to tempt him in the wilderness. And actually, can you guys pull that up? Luke 4. And this story always gets to me, especially after we went to Israel and saw where he was. I mean, it was really horrible. <laughs> like it was just a rough place. It's very hot and very dry and he was human. And so I'm sure that part of him was just like tempted and over it. Yeah, he wanted to end this thing. He wanted to just be done. And so I'm not gonna read all of it, but it says, so basically, he, he, he says, if you are the son of man, so verse four, 
it is written, man shall not, and then Jesus says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but in, by every word of God. Sorry, I'm just like skipping ahead. But basically in this story, there's three ways that the enemy tries to tempt him. First, he says, you can turn these stones into bread. Next, he brings him um, and he says, he shows him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. This is verse five. And for some reason that really struck me. It's just like this moment of, that must've been wild for Jesus to see everything in this moment of time and for him to know what he was called to do. And it could have been easy for him to be tempted to just be like, you know what, Satan, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna take you out. But he stayed strong in this and he was not tempted and he did not compromise because Satan was trying to come at him with these lies. And then the final one, he said, throw yourself off this, like have these angels come rescue you. And again, it could have just been easy for Jesus to be like, you know what, it's not a sin, it's fine. I have this power, let's do it. But he didn't compromise. And the reason I wanna bring this up is why was he able to stay strong? And I used to kind of always think it was because he knew the word of God. So he, and it, that is true because it was in him. And so he was able to combat the lies, but God showed me that it was more than that. So if you go back to right before he went to, into the wilderness, he was taken, he went and got baptized. And I love this picture in Luke 21. I mean, 321, I don't think I gave this to you guys, but when he gets baptized, it says, the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove above him and a voice came from heaven and said, you are my beloved son and you I am well pleased. How did Jesus not compromise? He knew who he was. He knew who he was. It, it all comes down to your identity your identity. See, I wrote out this whole list of ways that we can guard ourselves from from compromise, and it was fine. It was a good list, but I just felt like God told me to delete all of it and end talking about identity, talking about who are you and whose are you. And if you can get that in your mind and in your heart, like Jesus did, and that's why God came and reminded him, even though he was God and knew that, it wasn't for everybody around them. It was for Jesus. I really believe that. It was for Jesus to have that. It was to, to tell everyone else, but it was that moment, that reminder of you are my son and I am pleased in you for who you are, not for what you're gonna do. He didn't say, because you're gonna go save the world. And I really believe that that's why Jesus was able to stay strong against compromising the way that it was supposed to happen. Because it could have been easy for him to think. And that's why it goes back to thinking our way is better. God's way is always better, even when it doesn't look like it. Even if it doesn't make sense. And so when you can really understand your identity, which is a child of God, which is fully and wonderfully made, which is completely loved no matter what you have done. When you can really allow that to sink into your mind and into your heart, and then you understand who God is, that he is mighty, that he created everything, that he owns everything. My goodness, you guys, nothing is impossible. It's so freeing. It's so amazing. And no compromise is worth it. Nothing looks enticing anymore that is not of God. 
So why don't we all stand to our feet tonight? I just want to take this moment as I close. I just want everyone to put your hands to heaven and just really encourage you to think about what way have you maybe compromised or where have you allowed the lies of the enemy to steal your joy? And just allow God to come in and, and remove those lies and heal those things that have just come on you, break those off. God, I thank you right now, Jesus. God, I thank you for your grace. God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for who you are, God, who you say we are. And I just pray right now, God, for each person in here, God, that you would bring peace over them. God, that they would see right now, even right now, God, that they would see themselves in your eyes. See themselves in your eyes, God, right now. And that it would just be so healing and freeing, God, and that you would rise a strength in them. God, rise a strength in them because they know who they are like a mighty warrior, God, so that they can go out and they can fight the battles that you're calling them to fight, that they can, that they can go out, God, and that they can make the decisions, God, that, that will strengthen them. God, that we pray right now, God, I pray right now that a resilience would rise in them, that they would not want to compromise, that they would not want to bend or break, God, that if they have compromised, that right now they repent of that, and God, that you forgive them, that it's already been done, and that that shame would break off. I break off any spirit of religion in this room, that is trying to shame people right now. God, we break that off. You, that is not your heart. That is not you, Jesus. And God, I thank you right now. God, I just pray right now that you would fill them with your peace, your love, and your uh, presence, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.